0: Hey Postables,
1: you're listening to Deliver Me A Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cami. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use the music on our show. Now, grab some yoohoo or a kombucha, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, Postables. Welcome back to Deliver Me a Podcast. We're so excited to have a returning guest this week. We have author Rachel Fordham joining
0: us again. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for coming back on with us. Thank you for having me. So uh, how have you been since we last talked? Well, there was this little germ that went around caused this little pandemic. So um, probably about like the i've spent a lot of time at home recently um but i'm good i'm really good have your kids done any more postable letter hunts (sighs) they haven't but they keep asking when is there going to be a new movie and our friends borrowed all our dvds and they said we need them back so we can watch them again oh (laughs) they haven't lost their love for the postables
1: yeah them or anybody else (laughs) yeah. <laughs> everybody's asking when's the next movie when's the next movie it's, <laughs> it's coming crazy. trust the timing right trust the timing, people and hey. hey. um and of course I mean uh Rachel how are you doing with the transitions in your family I know that um you guys we've talked about foster care before and we have you guys have um move or I guess the 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 little girl has moved back with her biological family. So how are y'all doing with that? I know that you've shared a little bit on your Facebook page. Um, and I know that's a really, that's a really tough, tough situation. Um, I know for, yeah. for me personally, like I have, there's been a couple foster children in our, like in my little uh, Awana group and they went, they went to their biological families, like really fast. And I was like, but what? you're moving like across the country to Oregon
0: from Florida that's really sad
1: <laughs> so totally empathize in that situation there
0: yeah so we had um we had her for a year and a half um which is why Norman's our favorite character because we feel really connected to uh foster kids um I think we're okay like uh there's days when I will be in my bedroom or something and her door squeaked and so I'll hear the door squeak and I will just have this like oh she's coming and then it's just sort of this like little gut punch of like oh no she's not here um it always hits me when I set the table I count the wrong number of plates every single time and then I just like oh I have to put this one back um but I think kind of like pulling from all the postable stuff for us, it's been kind of, we just keep telling ourselves like this story is not over. We don't know exactly, like we know we're doing the things we're supposed to be doing and we're really just trying to trust that things will work out how they're supposed to. We have, um, it's been a real heart journey for us because um, we actually invite um, her biological mom and her over and we've probably seen her once a week. Um, And it's a good thing. It's hard. It's like a different, it's like a change. It's hard to watch yourself like, um, switch roles. Um, it's hard because like if a child dies, you get to remember them. They were forever. And now I'm watching her change. Um, and sometimes that's really good. And sometimes it's hard to watch. Um, but overall, um, if we can stay in her life and keep being a positive, you know, example, that's what we want to do. Um, so, I guess, yeah, we're just clinging to that whole like, the story's not over yet um, idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, we're here today to talk about your latest book, A Lady in Attendance. But before we do, uh, <laughs> Cammie wants to point out something about all the shirts we're wearing today. <laughs> all right. So, this is our first time wearing our matching shirts so little bit of backstory if you have been following the podcast at all then you know what casey's favorite word is casey what's your favorite word (laughs) (laughs) postables interesting
0: now she's trying to be
1: difficult (laughs) it's shenanigans you hear me say look at the shenanigans these people are getting into why are they into these shenanigans what the shenanigans are going on here okay we get the picture (laughs) but I was walking through Walmart and I stopped short it was right before St. Patrick's Day and There were these there were these shirts that said you had me at shenanigans. (laughs) And (laughs) Jess's favorite thing in the whole wide world is cats. Exactly. And and I'm Irish. So put the three of (laughs) us together and you get this shirt. (laughs) So I immediately bought three and now we have matching shirts to wear. Yes, we do, and they're very comfortable. So there's that too. Very soft, why? Very, very comfortable. Yeah, but now we have uniforms. Guys. Uniforms. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's sort of postables related. We got the green going, ugly green tie. There's yeah, symbolism there, right? And absolutely, and you know, and O'Toole, Oliver. There you Irish. go. I mean. Now, if only one of the Postables loved cats, we'd be, we'd be all set. I'm sure one of them does. Yeah. Probably Norman. I feel like Norman would. I would think Norman would Rita. Be, the, be the stray cat, <laughs> the, the stray cat uh, home.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: all right. Well, let's jump into this book. So Rachel, if your latest book is called A Lady in Attendance. It's your fourth book to come out. And according to the author's note uh, in the back, it says you wrote this book years ago. So tell us a little bit about the process of getting this book to publication.
0: Well, when I started writing, I didn't know that I would publish. And so I actually wrote um, several, well, a few books while I was like finding an agent finding a publisher. And so this was one of those. And so when they bought my debut, The Hope of Azure Springs, Um, they ended up buying two other ones, but then they released them, um, in the order they wanted. And then this one didn't get under, put under contract right away because they wanted to stick originally with the like prairie setting. And so then when they came back for more, this was still one of my original books and they said, yeah, we want that one too. And so I've done revisions and stuff on it since, but it's, it was actually written, um, before yours truly thomas which came out second um so it's just been sitting hovering in the wings waiting to come out for a long time which i think it makes it really exciting to finally be at this point it also makes me feel a little bit removed from the story so it's it's fun having everybody excited about it again because i'm like oh yeah i remember why i loved that one (laughs) yeah and it's coming out in june june 1st june 1st yeah
1: So, so for all those who are listening, it hasn't released yet, uh, so we're not going to give any spoilers as we talk today, just so you know. But that's going to be the hard part, because we can't do a book review. We have to do a teasing book review. Oh, don't worry. You'll get plenty enough to want to read this book once I start oh, talking yeah. about it. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can we go there first? Yes, please. Yeah. Let's go there. So... I think it's suffice to say that Rachel has finally broken Jess. Somebody has finally broken Jess. Yes! Yes! And <laughs> these two have been waiting for. Oh, yes. We have been waiting so long for this. <laughs> so we we all know that Jess is not the one to be mopped up. That's usually uh, myself and Cammie over here um but when you I mean like let me go back to my like text I think it was what 1 a.m that you messaged me how I don't know you think you may have found your ideal of a soulmate and that's really angry at Rachel because he's fictional <laughs> <laughs> you oh, just yes. wrote the perfect man for just- he's this romantic dentist you know so it's kind of sciencey right we're we're gonna go we're gonna stretch that a little bit and he's introverted he's so sweet and shy and he has a certain hobby that I'm not gonna say because I feel like that will spoil it oh that just speaks to my heart well I guess that would kind of spoil something because that we don't learn that later so I mean let it's me perfect. let me let me read it to you. Oh she no! <laughs> says, I think I need to find myself a romantic dentist. Is this what swooning feels like to normal people with a ton of laughing, crying emojis? I said yes, one hundred percent. And then she says, and he does this certain hobby. And then she wrote, Rachel has written my soulmate. And then I said, Gilbert is pretty perfect. Not gonna lie. So, there you have it. Postables, no shame. You got to read the book that made me need a mom. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> chemistry in this book. Girl, yes. That's what I here. Let me, let me see if I can even, you can even see the, the little gif here. It's a, it's a gif of some lady fanning herself. Oh like. yeah. I sent that. <laughs> oh. Dude, they have such great chemistry and anyone who knows me knows I love witty banter. And there was a lot of that in this book. So much joking. So much joking and, my playful, and playful banter between the two. It just, and how they were constantly making each other crack up, but they were trying so hard to hold it in. I could see it. I could see it all in my head. I, this is my favorite book of yours so far. I, I, I love, I love it the best out of all the ones I've read. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's one of my favorites too so I'm excited that you know you always wonder when you're writing like will will the reader pick up on my humor and will they think that he's as swoony as I do and so this makes me happy
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh and we forgot there's a mystery in this too which is is like icing on the cake for me there's a mystery component of this book (gasps) okay sluthers out there yes Yes. that is I started reading the book at like 11 o'clock at night because I was like I couldn't sleep and I'm like okay well maybe I can read something that's you know generally fun and I need to read this book anyways and Rachel's really good I've loved all her other books I should have known better don't start at 11 <laughs> I was like I'll just read a few chapters and I'll pick up all, you know I'll just fine and then I kept reading and reading I was like getting you know the whole romantic part and like seeing the sparks fly and then there was this mystery part and I was like okay I'll end at the next chapter no I'll end at the next chapter okay it's 1 30 in the morning <laughs> and we are 77 percent done I mean what's another 30 percent which is you know it's fine
0: fine. That's also the best compliment for an author is when you can't put it down. So I love it.
1: Couldn't. Couldn't. (laughs) Okay. So since we're all wearing green, I have to, Mm -hmm. I have to ask the question that immediately popped into my head. Gilbert, any connection
0: to Anne of Green Gables? Sort of. So when I, um, When I was pregnant with my kids, I would always be like, I want to name them Gilbert. It's so cute. Old names are coming back. I've always liked it. I like my first book crush was Gilbert, um, Blythe. Right. And my husband would just be like, no, like, I just don't love it. I don't love it. And so I decided that I would name one of my characters Gilbert since I couldn't name a kid that. And then he reads an early draft and he goes, you know, the name Gilbert's really not that bad. (laughs) like you know all these trying to get him to like it and so so yes and no you know I didn't try to think I didn't think of Gilbert Blythe while writing it but the like kind of honorary mention I guess by picking his name
1: yeah and Hazel wasn't she a redhead
0: well, it's up for debate because she thinks that her hair is brown and he makes jokes about her hair being red. And yeah, he so, calls it red. Yeah. yeah. yeah, He it's called hard. it it's red. Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah. He called her hair red and he would even call her red, but she kept protesting that her hair was brown, but <laughs> he, but he said, but when the sun shines on it, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my kind of compliment when the sun shines on your hair it shines red (laughs) okay yeah i'm sold (laughs) but you do have a connection to kind of to gilbert's profession yes yeah let's talk how you why you decided on a dentist
0: yeah, so when my um, my husband's a dentist, once you have a connection to something, you notice it in like the media. And so every time we watch something, either there's never a dentist or if there is, they're always comic relief. You know, they're like really stupid or they're like some weird creepy villain. And so I was like, Tyler, I am going to write a romantic dentist. Like it will be my goal for people to be like, pick up a book and think, eh, Dennis, And at the end be like, whoa, Dennis, Like, <laughs> And so, and then of course I started like researching historical dentists and realized that that was right around the time when dental assistants started. And I thought, oh, I have never seen a book that features a dental assistant, you know, like there's so few careers to focus on, you know, historically for women. And so I was excited to pick a career that isn't very well known for them. And that's also where the title comes from because they would call them either attending ladies or a lady in attendance and largely their purpose was to be a female presence so that during that Victorian era, people could come without a chaperone to see the dentist. You know, they did other things too, but that was a lot of the motivation for, for them.
1: Hmm. Well, and there's, I don't, I don't know if you did this, on purpose or not but there's a, another Anne of Green Gables connection I took a screenshot because I read it on my phone I took a screenshot mm-hmm. and cer- and did a big circle around it <laughs> so that I wouldn't oh. forget it <laughs> uh-huh. but um, he says I love that you pepper me with questions and make me think about things in a new way And, uh, and when Miss Stacy comes into the school for the first time, she Mm -hmm. introduces herself and she says, and she says, I think it's very unfair that the teacher should ask all the questions. And I hope that you will be curious enough that you will pepper me with questions. And that, that line has stuck, has stuck with me since I watched that movie for the first time. And so I saw it in there and I went, she wrote pepper me with questions is that on
0: purpose or was that just a subconscious um, thing <laughs> subconscious yeah i mean i definitely watched it and not that long ago you know like my daughter was probably being introduced to it around the same time i wrote this and so it could have been picked up from there but i also think the word pepper's kind of fun so it's probably in all my books <laughs> 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 maybe i need a shirt that says that yeah <laughs> oh pepper, pepper me, me for me with questions
1: right <laughs> so I have a question about your books since we're not really talking spoilers here um your all the tropes for the leading lady and the leading man have all been very different with Caleb and M, it was kind of this unconventional storyline of her being um somewhat abused and neglected and they found her and then she was nursed back to health and then there was that I guess a friendship you can say but the way they came together was very different you have Clara and Thomas who it was the letter story mm-hmm. from yours truly Thomas a life once dreamed is the trope of the um we were once engaged and then disconnected and then he pursues her And then we have now Gilbert and Hazel, almost said Anne, all this Anne of Green Gables.
0: (laughs) I can't believe you can keep them all straight. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, uh, Gilbert and Hazel, they have this um, working relationship turned romantic. So Mm -hmm. what would you say has been your favorite um, love story or love trope?
0: Um... Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, think that, uh, I, I think that probably my favorite is like a friends to more storyline, probably because I don't, instant love is not, like it's a lot harder for that to work for me. And so I tend to like, that tends to be what I like more to create a scenario where they get to slowly um, build their relationship. But I mean, I'm not opposed to exploring them all because I mean, in the real life, there's, you know, examples of it all too mm-hmm. but I like I like burn this the slow
1: burn really really worked in this one especially as they used humor to keep everything light uh, mm-hmm. I, I have to I have to tell you uh, there's one particular paragraph that I, that I I started laughing when I read it because I said, Oh my gosh, did she interview my husband? <laughs> it's, uh, I'll, I'll read it out. It says, let society think me a menace if they want to, but it's really the fault of a very peculiar lady friend of mine who has drawn lines and made rules that I've promised to abide by. I blame her for my unrelenting bachelorhood. If she would only rescind her rules, I'd beg for her hand. And, and my, my husband, the only reason why he stayed my friend for so long is because I wouldn't let him propose. And there was this one guy who came on really, really strong, very strong after one date, he was professing things like, okay, no. And so I, I said to Will, what can I tell this guy that can tell him I'm not interested in going there with him, but not hurt his feelings. And so he kind of, I said, you're a guy to tell me what can get the picture through to a guy. So he kind of talked me through something and he read what I had and he said, you forgot something. What, what did I forget? He said, you forgot to say that there's a guy who would propose to you the second he thought you would say yes. Yeah. I don't think I'm adding that. Yes. <laughs> so it was like you had a bug in our house or something it was so funny
0: it's funny how different parts of stories like resonate with different people and someone was just a different interview like you know like why do you think fiction is like a good thing and I was like well fiction is really just a lot of truths like pulled and mod podged together you know I mean it's pieces of everyone's story and I think that that's the fun of it is we have this like there's all these entry points into like finding something that you connect to and so you're just I don't know it's it's real life all mixed together and it's fun Mm -hmm. yeah so
1: another question I have I feel like you could write a sequel to this book maybe not necessarily a sequel focused on Gilbert and Hazel um Mm -hmm. but maybe one focused on Gilbert's Brother, mm, yes. What? Or I, I just want to see. I just want a sequel so we can see a, uh, a certain wedding that is not between Gilbert and Hazel, but another wedding that we talked about it, that is talked about in here. <laughs> so I
0: wanna, uh, I wanna, I wanna
1: read about that wedding. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I tried to leave. I always try to leave, like, I like things wrapped up at the end, but I don't mind leaving, um, you know, some little secondary thing open. Like, I don't know if you'll notice, like, I purposely did not answer some questions about um, the character Casey mentioned because then if I want to explore it ever down the road, I can. Plus, I don't think that it was necessary for the storyline, which is a forgiveness storyline. You don't have to know everything to forgive someone. So, exactly and it leaves a little bit of, to make him mysterious. Yeah, I enjoyed his character. <laughs> right. Yes, and I will tell you that there's a scene with him at the end in the, where um she slaps him and I don't think that gives anything away. And my I was like laughing on the couch because I did not see it coming. And my husband's like, "You wrote it. How did you not know that was going to happen?" But it <laughs> totally <worked> hard. <laughs> So. Yeah, he he deserved
1: it. And can yeah. I can I say that there were about four times when he was separated off that I swear he was up to no good and just how is he gonna ruin it how is he gonna ruin it and, and it didn't happen like, oh, okay I, I thought that he was gonna go and just I thought he was gonna go and snitch somehow and I'm like oh
0: don't 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 you know I He's not completely unredeemable. <laughs> I think. I think if his brother wasn't in the mix, he might have. But I think that he did deep down have a family, you know, loyalty to his brother. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of things I didn't see coming in this one. <laughs> there were a lot. I mean, a lot. I was I was pleasantly surprised, and that's also why I was up for four hours till like two in the morning reading this
0: well it's, like it's very the, to interviews on because there's so many like things that i want to talk about that i can't talk about it without ruining it i know i know well i guess we'll just have to have
1: you back for another interview after june 1st'm like okay <laughs> it's a out. It out. <laughs> book club right yeah <laughs> This would be, oh, this is good. This will be a fun one for book. This club. is a good one for a book club. Yeah, we yes. can do the discussion questions that are like at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would be so much fun. Um, <laughs> and, but, oh, go ahead. Well, I just, I have to say there there's one more part that I wanted to point out because it was so profound. You know, we, we talk about the fun parts. We talk about, the bantering we talk about the romance and all of that but there was this there was this one one point that what that was so profound to me that i i did another screenshot with a red circle <laughs> it's like make note <laughs> i've uh, i've watched you fight to stay angry And from my vantage point, I'd say grudges are not simple. They require endless feeding. Forgiving may in fact be the easier route and there's no doubt it's the better one. Go to sleep now, but think about it. And it's something that we know, but don't really think about. And I remember, I remember thinking so many times, aren't you tired of being time? Aren't you tired of holding this grudge for years? And, you know, I've had, I've had people in my life who have held grudges for a very long time and it doesn't matter what I say or do they just are determined to hold the grudge and i'm just like aren't you tired aren't you tired and that that paragraph summed everything up perfectly and i just thought okay we have the romance we have the playful we have the friends we have and now we have the profoundness so it that was that was amazing
0: well, I'm, I'm glad that it resonated with you. I, I don't ever want my books to be preachy because I don't think that people are very receptive to that. At least I'm not. Um, but I, I do love that to mix in like some subtle little things. Um, plus I think, you know, it's part of their character journeys. Like I think there's a forgiveness arc in this book.
1: Oh,
0: um, yes. Is the postables. It makes me think of like Oliver and his dad. I mean, Oliver like had to be, you have to had to feed that anger all the time. You know, it's just, when you finally like let it go like sometimes that's just a one-time decision you know and then you get to like move on and have a good you know like no that's always easy we shouldn't put ourselves like you can forgive someone and not put yourself next to an abusive person again or something like that obviously we need to be careful and cautious but um yeah for, i mean you watch people feed these grudges like in the book or in the show and you just think let it go <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah there was something i was going to
1: say really quick one thing i really love about loved about this book and also i mean all your other books are the all of the characters are flawed in some sort of way like we kind of joke that gilbert was a perfect man but he also had his flaws and some or you know things that he struggled with and i really appreciate that because it makes your characters so much more relatable than yeah. This paragon of virtue character. And we're like, okay, that's great. We all know you're gonna get the guy or whatever. <laughs> Girl. And so I just want to shout that out. Like, I think um that's why your books are so engaging for me, is because like I'm like, oh wow, you know, I can get mad at them, I can relate to them, I can empathize with them and stuff. So I think you had a lot of that too, um, on top of what Cammie said. Um it just had it was like the whole package this book was like this book was like everything there's a reason why again I was up really late reading it
0: oh thank you um I do feel like um you know like I I want my characters to be real and it was really hard the very first story I ever tried to write to let them be flawed because I felt like if I was writing about flaws I felt really vulnerable like I was showing myself that i'm flawed and human and then the, the more that i've written the more that i realize that's how we all are and so um i like to to try to dig deep in them this one was fun because um you know like one of the challenges of their relationship is that you know yes yes Gilbert has his flaws but they're very different than hazel's and i think that i like that because that's real life too where sometimes we feel like you know can we come together we've got we're so different we've made different mistakes mistakes like and to realize that you know with those forgiveness elements and with love and all that like we we can we can you know so mm-hmm. yeah it's like a delicate
1: balance I to make them so flawed true. enough to be realistic but not so flawed you don't end up liking them <laughs> right yeah
0: Well, I do. I think that like when you when I write a book, I always try um, to come up with some like right away show something redeemable about them, you know, so that people will get behind them and root them or root for them or. um, But it is it is tricky, especially if you're going to go the one that I've been working on recently um, has a little bit more of the like uh, enemies to more storyline. So this is kind of a friends to more and really tricky to, it's been a lot trickier to have them you know butting heads but still have the reader saying well there's you know like i want that to work it out yeah so it's, I, kind it's
1: of tricky. like a kind of like a, a darcy and elizabeth kind of enemy or a big time enemy thing
0: um kind of more like like very loosely like a beauty and the beast type of enemy you know like okay we, you know when you watch beating the beast, you know that like he's made all these mistakes or whatever, but he's deep down. You're like, he's got to be nice inside of there. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's actually not my 2022 book. So that's like way down the road. Cause I'm ahead. Um, my 2022 book is more of a, I haven't thought about which trope it fits in. Um, I don't ever think about that as I'm writing it. I just realize it later, um, Hmm you read it, haven't you, Casey? Yeah, that was back in September, though. <laughs> um, I, guess I'm trying to, I mean, I guess, like, Friends to More again, but it's data, definitely, like, very unique yeah. pacing. That, so it doesn't feel like your typical, like, it's just gradually building into friendship. There's a big issue in the middle, so. Oh, <laughs> anyway, talk <that's laughs> about that one. It's similar to,
1: it's kind of like Caleb and Em, kind of-ish ish Ish. (laughs) because they they stumble upon each other right that's the one yes because caleb and m kind of stumble upon each other too except that's like different and then your characters in my road to you they also somehow stumble upon each other and then Mm -hmm. things stuff yeah (laughs) Anyways,
0: it's fun to work in all the tropes and to try to peel the onion back on your characters. It's always funny because sometimes as the writer, especially because I tend to like write by the seat of my pants. So I know a few things starting out, but not all of it. So sometimes I'm really surprised by things that I discover about them, which maybe makes me sound crazy, but it's, <laughs> it's fun to discover them as I go. I don't think so. Um, I think that's why I love Martha's writing with Sign So Delivered is she does a really good job of um, having layered, flawed characters that are still just lovable and redeemable and everybody can relate to, you know, one of them in some way or all of them in lots of ways and, and they feel real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have one more
1: question about the book. So, um, and this is not a spoiler because it's in the synopsis. <laughs> so part of the catalyst for Hazel meeting Gilbert is that she was in a women's reformatory. Um, so I'm just interested in what kind of inspired that
0: backstory for her. Um, so I think I knew more about Gilbert when I started writing this book than about Hazel. And I I could just picture him in my head. And he was so not perfect and like the put you on a pedestal, perfect, but in a very innocent way. And so I knew that I wanted to counter that with someone who had a little more baggage. Um, And so I started, yes. So, so I, um, I started like looking into like women's prisons and thinking about that. And I found that the reformatory movement had just kind of started then, which to us, it probably doesn't seem like a novel of an idea because we've always had like, you know, juvenile delinquent places, like places to try to, like, reform people. Um, halfway houses. Yeah, so at this time, though, there was a really kind of still an idea that, like, once a criminal, always a criminal, bad blood type of ideas. And so I was just so intrigued reading about some of the, like, leaders of this movement who, like, you know, like, fought and petitioned and led the way to say, hey, maybe people could change. Like, what Mm -hmm. if we educated them what if we got um like brought religion to them what if we trained them in skills you know because and so I was just fascinated but I actually was kind of sad that I couldn't include more of what I read in the novel because it's mainly her backstory um but I really loved reading about it and so I tried to work a little bit of that in um it was cool like they had it set up where the one that I read about um It was like a three-story building and you moved up or down depending on how well you were like behaving and how well you worked as a group and how like you know all of those type of things and then eventually they had like little cottages that were still inside of the iron gates um that you could go to where you like got to practice independence and I just thought it was really fascinating um and mainly I was really inspired by like the heroes that were behind that who were saying let's let's give these people another chance um Mm -hmm because I love second chances you know for myself for everyone else and so um yeah so that's she has she's got a lot she has a lot going on before before the story ever starts oh my (laughs) gosh
1: (laughs) yeah but that's like the catalyst for the whole book I mean just it's that tangled web that we just can't go home yeah so
0: Well, and you have to like, she, I don't think she really wants to get take the job using a fake name, but I, but she doesn't really feel like she has an option because there's still just this stigma that, mm-hmm. well, you were in the reformer to hire you. And so, but then, but then once you tell one lie, you've got, it's so hard to like, not, you know, to come out from under that. Um, and so, yeah, it makes for a complicated story. <laughs> well, and the first, the
1: first page, I think starts on her first or second day in the reformatory.
0: Well, just backstory, it takes place five years prior when she right. was just entering the reformatory. Yeah, it was on her first or second day. And it was so funny
1: because I could feel the hopelessness. Mm-hmm. I could feel the dreaded time that lay ahead. You know, the very, very beginning of a very long sentence, which five (laughs) years doesn't seem to be that much compared to other sentences that are possible, but to a woman who has never been in any kind of situation like that, living it one day at a time, five years is an eternity. So... It's yeah, meant it's to know just, that it's going to follow you after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, that that was an that was an amazing start. That was an amazing start to the book because we could feel the desperation, we could feel the hopelessness, and just okay, keep scrubbing this floor because I'm going to be scrubbing floors for a lot
0: of days ahead. <laughs> so well it's I read um I haven't read very many craft books but one book that I read talked about how you know your very first page is your promise to your reader and so by showing where we started at I'm promising you that I'm going to bring you to a totally different place by the end of the book Mm -hmm. and you certainly do (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah
1: twist after turn after bend after corner like whoa (laughs) it was mind-boggling but I kept up with it all you know that that was the best part is I didn't get lost yeah and that's something we can easily do I mean sometimes these books have too many elements that don't intertwine well whereas this one like you really could follow it and I think that backstory is such a key to everything else in the book. So yeah,
0: kudos. Uh, thanks. <laughs> well,
1: Rachel, it's been so great to talk about uh, at least as much as we can without giving spoilers, this book with you. And... you know, there's so much more, <laughs> but we can't yet. <laughs> and listeners, we can't wait for you to read it and uh, let us know what you liked about it. Comes out June 1st, just a reminder. And then you have your 2022 release, "My Road to You," that we briefly talked about. Um, so right. everyone can be on the lookout for that. There's three characters in there that sound familiar. Oh, hmm. In I'm "My Road to You,"
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and there's not- oh yes, there is a character. I can't <laughs> keep them all. <laughs> sorry um yeah uh, so i've told people my um uh, so my 2022 book it's called my road to you right now that's a working title so it could change um but it it's uh if you write a life once dreamed uh sam will resurface in 2022's book as a secondary character
1: mm-hmm. okay. and i'm excited because i loved him in that book yeah <laughs> <laughs> but not as much as you loved gilbert apparently oh no no i <laughs> can't say that <laughs> Yeah, I you have you'll, to. You'll never...
0: <laughs> red ears of corn again, right? The same. I know, and I live in Indiana. There's
1: corn everywhere, so now I'm going to be looking for red ones.
0: <laughs> find that red ear of corn,
1: and uh, Postables, you find that red ear of corn in the book because that's fun. <laughs> yes. Oh, but in my road to you, I'm talking about three like just barely mentioned characters that you had thrown in there too.
0: Yes, there are some Easter eggs. I like nice. to. I couldn't watch this book because I'd written it before. I knew that I liked to do that, and it takes place about ten years later than all the Iowa-based books. Um, but yeah, my twenty twenty-two books has got some nods to other books that I hope people will be excited to see.
1: Yeah. So look for those Easter eggs because. Yeah, letter
0: office.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll be looking for those for sure. And um, Rachel, where can people follow you and kind of stay up to date with all your book news and things like that?
0: Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. I'm at Rachel underscore Fordham and I'm on Facebook as uh, Facebook slash Rachel Fordham fans, I think. And then I have a website, rachelfordham.com. Uh, kind of, I try to be everywhere. I'm not on Twitter yet. You guys always try to get me to be but <laughs> To add anything else to my you know to my social media life. We'll get you there eventually.
1: We'll get you.
0: <laughs> Maybe when the new movie comes out, right? Exactly. You got a live tweet with us. You got a live tweet oh, with all the yeah. postables. True. If anything can push me over, that's what it would be. <laughs> we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. And you have your <laughs> private group too. Yes, I do. I have just a kind of a reader group, kind of like a fan group where people just have fun talking about, about books, which is fun.
1: Yeah, so make sure to be following Rachel on all our different platforms and postables. Stay tuned. We have a 50th episode special to celebrate our anniversary coming up and there might be some fun surprises along the way. So... Martin I have calendars. Next, no idea
0: what's happened. Next week in that episode, so
1: <laughs> I'll just roll with it. Be prepared. <laughs> oh, all right, Rachel. So fun to talk to you. Thank you for coming on again. And postcards. We'll see you next time.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me A Podcast. To stay up to date on all our episodes, be sure to follow us on Twitter at DeliverMeAPod and on Instagram at DeliverMeAPodcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of postable things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.